listening to ESL Talk, a podcast made for English teachers by English teachers. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, everyone. Welcome to another new episode of ESL Talk. Thank you again for your great feedback and for your comments on last week's episode, which was with Charlie, where we were talking about teaching Spanish-speaking professionals. In this week's episode, we're going to meet our guest, Katie, who is going to talk to us about teaching subject classes and extracurricular classes to ESL students. So it's still going to be very ESL-focused, but We're using ESL and English as the primary way to teach other subjects, maybe like science and math. So we'll get into that and we'll talk about that with Katie in today's episode. Before we get started, just to let you know, if you would like to become a guest on a future episode, you can just simply visit our website, esl-talk.com. You can click the Be a Guest button, fill in a couple of quick details, and then we'll follow up with you to arrange an interview. We've had some amazing guests this season, and we're going to continue that in future episodes uh, coming up in the season. We've got a few more episodes to go this season, so um, do feel free to reach out and we can get um, an interview scheduled with you so you can share your passion, your interest in the world of ESL teaching or English teaching if that is what you would like to do. As always, if you haven't follow, followed us on Instagram, please feel free to do so at ESL Talk Podcast. We do post um, little previews for every episode. You can find out about our guests, the topic, and also have a little bit of interaction with us as well. Um, we're also now on YouTube and we are getting a lot of views, which is great. So thank you for your support on YouTube. Just simply um, follow us on YouTube by searching ESL Talk Podcast. You can also find the link on our website as well. So you can just click um, to go to YouTube and watch all of our previous episodes um, there if you, that's what you prefer. Just another way to support us as well. And finally, if you haven't already and you'd love to support us by leaving us a five-star review, you can do that very easily through iTunes and Spotify. That just helps us to grow, um, get the podcast out to as many potential teachers as possible, and just help us with um, you know, helping more teachers and empowering more teachers as well to be successful in their ESL journey. And then just before we get into the interview, one more quick shout out to our sponsor, esl-curriculum.com who offer 600 plus interactive ESL lessons covering a wide range of different ages and abilities. So we start off with kids lessons, we have speaking courses, writing courses, IELTS courses, business English courses, everything is covered there for you. You can get started with a free two-week trial, just simply go to esl-curriculum.com to get started with your two-week free trial. You can also find the link on our website at the bottom of the page as well. So you can just quickly click that and get access to your free two-week trial with Crystal Clear ESL. 
So let's get into this week's episode with Katie. We're going beyond just ESL classes and we're going to be talking about teaching subject classes and extracurricular classes to ESL students. Here we go. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Perfect. All right. Hi, Katie. Thank you so much for joining me today. Oh, thanks so much for inviting me to join. Yeah, I'm glad to speak to you to learn a little bit about uh, what you do and in your experience and expertise. So could you share a little bit about your journey in teaching for our listeners and, and talk about what you do with the creation of um, Abridge Academy? Sure. So my name's Katie. Um, I'm a classroom teacher and an online teacher. Um, my teaching experience has gone back kind of around 10 years or so now. Um, so I can give a little bit of a quick introduction to that. Um, I first started just doing tutoring and online teaching with a, quite a wide range of different subjects, not just ESL, but also maths and science teaching as well. Um, then I did some teaching in China. And then I thought I wanted to have my kind of proper qualifications sorted, went back to the UK and did a PGC, which is a postgraduate certificate in education to train specifically as a science teacher. That was my specialism. Um, and then from there, I ended up creating Abridge Academy, um, which was focusing initially on teacher board programs, pandemic hit chaos happened, um, focused then on online teaching programs and launched things like our online curriculum for ESL teachers, which also has quite a strong science focus if anyone's checked it out. Um, and yeah, that's what I do. I also Amazing. currently live in Japan. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, that's okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. How long, and how long have you lived in Japan for? Yeah, so I've been in Japan for a year now. I moved out here in April 22. I was meant to move out a whole year before that, but the pandemic mm -hmm. delayed things mm -hmm. massively. Um, so I'm teaching at a public school, teaching ESL here, um, as well Wonderful. as running Abridge Academy as well. Yes. <laughs> so, Is that busy. the JET program? Yes. Yeah, I came with the JET okay. program. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Sounds like we've had some quite similar experiences in terms of a kind of background and trajectory. So it's quite interesting. Wonderful. Um, so obviously we're talking today, you know, about subject classes and extracurricular classes. And obviously it's a lot of like, what you do with your academy as well. So how could ESL teachers make lesson material more engaging and, and you know, really build that engagement within students? How can we do that easily and, and effectively? So is this specifically about online or in person? It's quite different. Kind we, of could, we could talk about, yeah, we can talk about both, I think, because that could apply to a lot of our listeners. Yeah, so I think in terms of making it more engaging, particularly, I was saying in an online environment is one of the most challenging parts, particularly if you've got words <laughs> particularly if you've got young learners um mm. because young learners really struggle sometimes to sit down and focus on a screen right um so that's i think the biggest challenge a lot of teachers i work with face um and something i really recommend doing is making sure that your materials are designed for online learning um so right. this is something i focus a lot on with age academy curriculum and i use a lot even in my classroom teaching as well but making sure students can click on things can move things can play games can actually interact rather than doing like passive screen sharing or like pdf files for example 
Um, yes. You also find there's a lot of really great teaching platforms that have come out, particularly the last few years. So I really love Koala Go in particular. I'm not sure if anyone's heard of it, but it's a really fantastic platform that allows students to kind of play a lot more in their learning. So there's like different teaching environments within it. And that's why I think it's really important that kids don't spend the whole time just sitting staring at screen share, but they've got the screen sharing option. They've got a like, virtual whiteboard where you can upload files and annotate and stuff. They've got uh, a browser where you can play online games and interact with online resources together. And they've also got something called Playground where like you and the students can, it's a bit like Minecraft, if anyone knows <laughs> much about Minecraft and some virtual computer game kind of environments. Wow. Um, it's a lot of fun. I think that's what students need to engage well with online learning is having mm. this variety of formats okay. so they don't spend like the whole hour long class staring at your screen. Um, yes. I think that's quite important when designing your materials. Yeah, wonderful. And uh, Koala Go, I, I have heard of this and I know it's it's great for younger learners um, particularly. So this is a good tool that um, we'll definitely look into a little bit more. Um, this is great. So how would we integrate our language and content into these subject classes. So what would you say are some effective strategies or effective ways to do this, Katie? I think this is something teachers get really scared of, particularly those who've just come from an ESL teaching background. Because as ESL teachers, if you've done like a TEFL course, they tell you all about how to teach grammar and vocabulary and speaking and all those kind of things, but not how to link that into different subjects. But it can make it really, it's really, really powerful, this idea of clear content and language integrated learning. So many advantages for students and can be a lot of fun as well. So don't be nervous, don't be scared by teaching a subject. And make sure you know a bit about the subject first. Right? So if I was trying to teach history, for example, I don't have a clue about history, I'm gonna be honest, I dropped it like <laughs> as soon as possible. So right. pick a subject you are relatively confident in, um, but go for it is one thing I would say. I remember during my teacher training, this was my science teacher training, one quote really stood out to me that one of our tutors said, and she said, mm -hmm. every teacher is an English teacher. And a whole bunch of us sat looking at each other being like, we're training as science teachers here. What are, what are you going on about? Um, but of course, in science classrooms, like back in the UK, we still have a lot of students who have English as a second language. And even native speaking kids need to learn subject specific vocabulary and sort of word usage and grammar. So actually ESL, like mindful instruction benefits all of the students in the class, not Great just point. the kids who've got English as a second language. Um, right. So I think, something to remember is that all those general teaching skills you've learned, how to adapt your teaching for different students applies to subject classes as much as it applies to ESL classes. Yeah, that's a great point. I think so. And yeah. we sometimes don't really consider that, especially um, in conventional classrooms. We don't. We might not always consider that. So that's a really good point to, to think about as well. Okay, um, so looking at the extracurricular activities, what are some examples of extracurricular activities that can benefit ESL students? and how can teachers incorporate that into their teaching, into their, their practice? Sure. So I think something that um, kids really enjoy doing is learning outside of the classroom. I mean, they don't know they're learning. That's the whole point. They think they're having fun, enjoying some extracurricular class. Um, and I think it'd be really, really, really valuable for teachers to get involved in those sort of activities and think about how to make them more educational. So there are, of course, like subject specific clubs and things that we run in schools. Like I remember at school being a big fan of the science club because I was a bit of a nerd. Um, but also you can run activities like news reading classes, debating classes, discussion clubs. Um, and I've done these both online and in person. Um, you can encourage kids to have like a film watching group or a reading club. And the idea is that it's something they do that links to what they're genuinely interested in. Like maybe they love talking about the news, right? Or they, they really right. love films. 
So link into their actual hobbies, their actual interests, and then think about how can you do this in English, right? So rather than having a news discussion class where they're learning in, well, in my case, Japanese, and I'm working in Japan at the moment, um, rather than reading the article in Japanese, let's read a simplified English version of the article um, and pick out some keywords and do a sort of educational activity around that, maybe some kind of closed text activity, reading comprehension activities that link into that interest that they've got. Um, mm -hmm. I think that can be really, really enjoyable for students. And you know, they're obviously working on their English, but it links yes. into the extracurricular interests. I like that. Yeah, it's learning without actually being aware of learning always, which is always a great, great way to get um, students involved and invested for sure. Um, one question that we do get a lot is about how do I assess students? How do I figure out what level they're at and how do I kind of plan based on that? Um, so what are some effective ways to assess um, students learning and progress in subject classes and, and extracurricular activities? How would we tackle this? I think assessment is one of those things, again, that can be really difficult, particularly when you have students who've got very varying English and subject levels. So it's important yep. to remember that like a student might have a very low English level, but they might be amazing at I know, geography, whatever subject it is you're trying to teach. So if you give them an assessment, like I say, a test that's designed mm -hmm. for native speaking kids assessing geography level, they won't be able to understand the questions. So they're going to get a really low score on the test because their English level wasn't good enough. So therefore right. it doesn't actually reflect on their subject level, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, so when designing assessments, always think about, is this assessing English? Is this assessing subject knowledge? And if it's assessing English, how can I like reduce maybe the subject uh, level required to be able to access this basic activity? Or if it's assessing right. the subject, can I make it uh, the English a little bit simpler or design it in such a way that a student with a lower English level can still access that assessment? Mm -hmm. So that's mm -hmm. one thing I think is really important when you design assessments. Um, and also, I think when we come to what we mean by assessment is something that is worth considering. A lot of teachers think assessment means a test, just like we're just talking about now, right? We think assessment means I sit my kids down with a test for half an hour and they fill out a bunch of activities like exercises and I mark it. But actually, that is only accessible to students who are able to read and write like easily in English. Um, mm -hmm. And also, we're then there are a lot of students who've got, for example, special educational needs completely unrelated to being um, EAL, EAL students, like English as an additional language. Um, they struggle with sitting down and filling out a written test, right? So I think it's important to take a more holistic approach to assessment. So also including oral exams, presentations, coursework, uh, essays or reports they've written, like continually assess students throughout their learning and in mm -hmm. a wide range of different ways. So students who are skilled in different areas can stand out. I like that. Yeah, it's a good good way to approach it and to think about it. Um, because yeah, like you said, we think, oh, we need to give them a test. Well, no, you can do it in lots of different ways and you can try to build it around, um, again, what they're interested in. It doesn't necessarily have to be a formal assessment. It could be done in other ways. So yeah, I think that's uh, some good advice there. So you've worked obviously, you know, with your online academy, you, you teach face-to-face -face as well. You've had a little bit of experience of both of those. So how would we build positive relationships with these students and how do you create that supportive learning environment um, in subject classes? Because I can imagine that with the extra prep classes, sometimes maybe students are not always 100% invested initially, or maybe they don't necessarily feel like they wanna be there. So how would you get around that? And how would you help build that positive environment? I've had a lot of students who don't want to be there. <laughs> Sorry, you reminded me of some uh, interesting- Not a reflection on you, but yeah, just the process, yeah. There are always kids who aren't gonna love every class. And I think we always have to accept that. Um, 
I think something that's important say you've jumped on them okay today we're doing a science class and the kids there being like I hate science or I hate math like why am I here um I think it's important to well, we talked before about linking it to kids interests right so if you yes, can yes. pick a topic that's actually interesting to them like rather than mm -hmm. today we can have a science class about forces that sounds a bit dull right the kids there being like, I hate mm -hmm. physics let's have a science class about how you can travel to space sounds a lot more cool um and I remember I have a whole series of lessons I designed about space travel um, which is actually just Newton's laws of motion, which is a really boring topic on forces with a bunch of maths in it that kids don't like learning. But when you make it about designing space rockets and traveling to the moon and stuff, they get a lot more excited about it. Right. So like making your classes link to their interests definitely helps. Um, again, that's more to do with engagement, not just about positive relationships, but I think that's important to show that you're aware of your students' interests. Um, yes. And kind of a similar theme as well, take the effort to learn a bit of your students' language and the culture that they come mm -hmm. from. Um, sometimes I teach students from all over the place, particularly online, right? We can teach learners from all around the world and in an online yes. environment. Um, ask your students where they're from, um, ask them to teach you words from their language that relates to what you're learning. Um, take the effort yourself to learn some basic greetings and stuff in their language, because you know they can feel a lot more welcome in the class. When you start yeah, the definitely. lesson by greeting everyone with, you know, hello in five different languages for the different students you've got. Right, um, right. Like it definitely helps. Yeah. What What are some unique languages where you've picked up a few words or a few greetings? Can you think of any? For me, most of my students are for online, mostly Chinese. And then in person mm -hmm. right now, I'm in Japan. So mostly I'll say like Chinese and Japanese are the languages I focus the most on. Um, I yeah. feel like I picked up random words, mostly hello in various other languages. Yes, um, yes, the same. But, yeah, yeah but Chinese I found, Japanese. I found recently like I picked up some um, Mongolian, some Kyrgyz, Ooh. some um, Kazakh. So like these really, you and I'm like, wow, okay. So yeah, it's really nice. And you can just build that connection instantly. And they're like, wow. How do you know this? They build that curiosity and that investment right away, which is fantastic. Um, okay, so we've talked a lot about the, you know, the children, the younger learners as well. How would we involve parents and families? Because a lot of times, you know, they're kind of passively in the background. Maybe they're, you know, paying for the classes or investing in, and maybe you feel like, well, they're not really involved. But a lot of time, they do need to be involved. They want progress. They want updates. So, how do you involve them in the learning in these these subject classes and these extracurricular activities? What what steps do you take, Katie? So I think something I think is really important, you kind of mentioned there as well, is about providing feedback and updates to the mm -hmm. parents, even if yes. they're not asking for it. Like particularly with online students, I sometimes find that parents sign up for class and they're like, oh, yeah, great. Have a debating class with Katie for like six weeks. They sign up for a program I'm offering and then that's it. Um, and they don't sort of say that they want to hear more. But parents always want to know what their kids are getting up to. Right. Even if they don't ask you for it because they know that you're busy. Um, but I think spending a bit of time after class, just send them a message saying, oh, I was yeah. really impressed with how John did today in class. He has some really great ideas to contribute to our debate, blah, blah, blah. Giving a bit of personal feedback can be really, really helpful. Um, and also engage them in the learning process too. So if you can provide them with materials and resources that help their child outside of the class time, for example, that could be like flashcards and continued vocabulary or some recommended games or th websites they can look at. This kind of thing, helps them feel like they're still valued in that learning process even if it's a subject they mm -hmm. themselves don't know much about um so i think that can really help just talking to parents and engaging them in the learning process yeah. and make sure also they're and, aware of what's like what you're doing and what support is available if they need it right right that's a good mm -hmm. point as well i i think sometimes they're not always fully aware of what you're doing so it can actually be a really good opportunity and not not in a boastful way but just to be like 
here's what we did today, here's what we've made, here's what we produced. And they're like, wow, this is incredible. This is amazing. And, you know, it's it's a good way to kind of build your brand and your business as well, because we know the best form of marketing is word of mouth. And once you get that moving and one parent talks to another parent in the same school or the same network, then it's it's a great, great tool. And um, it's something that we might not even think about, but just sending a quick message, 30 seconds, you know, this was great. They did well in this. They really, you know, performed well. And sharing that is a is a really powerful um, tool for sure. So yeah, I'm glad that we brought that up. Um, in terms of resources and professional development opportunities um, that are available for teachers, um, what are some places you would recommend that they go? What are some kind of um, ways that they can improve their skills and and develop professionally? A lot of our listeners they want to get involved or improve their skills. So what would you advise for this, Katie? So if we're particularly talking about like the CLIL context, content and language integrated learning, um, there are actually courses and things available online. So if you just Google <laughs> content and language integrated learning course, a whole bunch of great stuff pops up. Um, so do have a look at the materials that are available. Um, there are also lots of free courses, particularly when it comes to subject teaching. We've talked a bit about how many online teachers or ESL teachers are kind of a bit nervous about going into subject teaching areas if they haven't had much training in it. But there are actually loads of free courses available, particularly on websites like FutureLearn, edX, Coursera. If you just Google free online courses, <laughs> there are loads of websites with these free courses to upskill um, in different subject areas. And mm -hmm. I know that I come from the UK and there are organizations like the STEM Learning Center in the UK that produce courses specifically relating to science teaching, for example. Mm -hmm. So look mm -hmm. for those sort of specialist courses um, if you want to develop some extra skills there. Um, yeah. And also like engage with online communities. There are loads of great Facebook groups for online teachers, for in-person teachers, ESL teachers, subject teachers. Um, there's organizations like the British Council have a really great Facebook group. So look online and engage with the community, share what you're doing in class and learn from each other and ask questions. It can be a really great way to improve your skills too. Yes, community is key. Find your community and join them and, and contribute and you'll get a lot back. You'll get probably get more out of it than you put in. Uh, but that's a really important uh, message as well. That's great. So Katie, how can our listeners find out more about you, what you offer and how you can help them succeed? Because I know you do, a, you have a little bit of an offering for teachers as well. So can you tell us a little bit more about that. Sure, yeah. So if you're interested in what Abridge Academy has, um, Abridge Academy offers curriculum for online teachers. I also use it actually in my in-person classes. You can use it in a variety of contexts. Um, but we have a curriculum that's designed mostly for ESL teachers who are teaching beginner to pre-intermediate students um, and then the specialist courses in specific subject-related areas, like a whole bunch of science-themed lessons if you're interested in science. Um, so you can check out the curriculum. Um, and we also have marketing courses available for online teachers to help you develop marketing skills, particularly relating to advertising within the Chinese market, because it's kind of where my own expertise is, is in particular. Mm -hmm. So yeah, you can just go to abridgeacademy.com and have a look at uh, the curriculum or the courses available. Or if you just Google Abridge Academy, it should come up. Fantastic. And I will drop the link in the description for this episode. So if you just want to click um, below, you can find that and you can access all of that. And I really think the marketing course is great because um, a lot of questions that we get is, I want to get students from China. I want to break into the Chinese market. How do I do that? Well, Katie has you covered. So check that out if you have a chance. And, uh, you know, hopefully you can you can access that and, and use that. It's a really useful um course and program for helping you to to break into that so that is great thank you so much for sharing uh, your knowledge and advice on this and um, really appreciate you um, talking about this topic and also giving a nice offering to teachers as well so thanks for that katie appreciate it cool. well thank you so much for the opportunity i really appreciate it
So thank you again, Katie, for joining us and helping us learn a little bit more about how we can teach other classes and other subjects beyond just ESL. And if you are interested in any of Katie's offerings, her website will be in the description below the episode. So do check it out. She has some really amazing courses if you are wanting to work with students in China or you're wanting to improve your skills as an online teacher. So we will link that for you so you can take a look and check that out. You can also get in touch with Katie directly as well. So again, we try to offer as much value as we can um, for all of you as teachers. And if you have any other questions um, and you want to reach out to Katie, you can do so, or you can reach out to us as well um, via email. You can do that at esltalkpodcast at gmail.com. We do get a lot of questions, so we do appreciate them and feel free to ask and we'll try to help you in any way that we can. So we're going to wrap up for this week. I hope you enjoyed the episode. And again, feel free to follow us on Instagram if you're not already at ESL Talk Podcast. You can also subscribe and follow us on YouTube. Just search ESL Talk Podcast on YouTube to find everything there. If you'd like to become a guest on a future episode, you can do that by just visiting the website esl-talk.com and click the be a guest button. You can also find all our previous episodes there for free and you can also click the link to access free two-week trial of teaching materials from our partner esl-curriculum.com. So that is it for this week. We'll be back again next week for another brand new episode. Don't forget to hit subscribe if you haven't already so you can get the episode right away, which will drop on Wednesday. And that is it. We will see you very soon. Thank you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe for even more ESL teaching content.